Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love that death because it's like they're driving into a twister. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, look out! It's like, what do you mean, look out? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Isn't that where you want to go? Isn't that where you... <laughs> oh, how good was the part when they drove through a house? Up the stairs, <laughs> through the bedroom. I think he shouts, I think we're going in. And then they go in. Uh, that scene where she was trying to conduct a reproductive therapy session in the back of a car as they were driving towards a twister and she didn't really understand. She also thought that chasing storms was a metaphor. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Flix Watcher. Joining us today, we have Arlie. Hello. Kate. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Yo. And we're here to review <laughs> Twister. <laughs> Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Uh, joining FlixWatcher remotely today, we have Arlie and Kate. If you could please tell her listeners a little bit more about who you are and the podcasts you do, please. I'm Kate Lever, journalist and author, and I've been working on a podcast with Arlie called Who's a Good Dog, which at the moment has its first season out, and it is 10 lovely, if I may so say myself, conversations about dogs. And guests include John Ronson, Phoebe Tonkin, Ragya Agarwal, and Tony Robinson. Sir Tony Robinson. Sir, it's Sir to, yes, yeah, Sir to me and to everyone else. Sir Tony Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, do you like dogs, Kate? I do. I look. Yes. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm privileged because I do actually live with the best dog in the world, which I know everyone says. But we were actually on Australian television to promote my book about dogs, and the strap line that they put with no prompting from me was "world's best boy." So, and you can't really argue with Australian breakfast television. So, I think it's official. I was wondering if the best dog might make an appearance today, but no dog. Is he Do you know what is he, he was? Hurt? He was going to, but he and he he was here, and he was on his special pillow that I bought for him to sit next to me on the in my sort of working area, and then he had some opinions and he had to voice them downstairs. He Sorry. ran off. 
flying right. cows. Get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's just one cow. Yeah, that's true. It's the same cow. <laughs> uh, Ollie, who are you? Who am I? Oh, I ask myself every day. Um, I am an audio producer. So, yeah, I've been working with Kate on Who's a Good Dog, um, basically the behind-the-scenes recording and editing person. Um, and, yeah, I make podcasts and radio documentaries, um, things like a show called Vent Documentaries, which was the podcast of the year at the British Podcast Awards 2021. Braggy yes. times. Yes. Um, That's yeah. That's the field awards, right? Wasn't it, wasn't it free? It did, yeah. It won, uh, I think, best documentary, smartest podcast, and then the actual podcast of the year, which was a massive surprise. Um, so, smartest yeah. podcast is a good one. Yeah. I actually <laughs> have that one in, in this room here with me. I managed Ooh. to take that one home with me that day. So, yeah. I just work in audio, basically, making podcasts and, and bits of radio. Awesome. And you chose Twister for us today. So can you tell us first of all why you chose it, and then I'll put a time. Sure. I chose it because I, lo- I love disaster movies, just in general. And I think that Twister is my origin disaster movie because it's one of the films I saw as a kid that I've just always loved like ever since I was a kid and that I can just re-watch again and again um so I chose it because it's just one of my favorite films so Shall I give you a synopsis? Okay, starting now. Okay well it's a film about a bunch of scientists who chase tornadoes because they're trying to study tornadoes because they want to in, increase the amount of warning that people can get and there's an emotional origin story to why that's important to the characters but they want people to be able to get more warning of tornadoes so that they're less likely to um you know be hurt by a sudden thing so they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to release some scientific equipment into the middle of a tornado so that they can make all these amazing measurements and learn about tornadoes and um, Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton are in the middle of a divorce or will they get divorced we'll have to see what happens maybe they'll fall back in love in the process and that is Twister maybe just maybe hey where were you on on Twister have you seen it before what are your thoughts initial thoughts on on this rewatch or first time? well I think it is exactly 24 hours since I finished Twister for the first time in my life. Um, My first um, objection is that I did think it was about a single Twister. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But actually, in fact, there are many. Twisters. Twisters. Yeah, there are many. I also thought it was just sort of a bunch of normal people, including Helen Hunt in a very becoming singlet tank top, sort of being besieged by a natural disaster. But in fact, they chase these storms and my advice to them would be to not. (laughs) (laughs) Every time they were driving towards a storm, I was like, guys, turn around, go home. <laughs> um, so the, you know, that, those are my first yeah, impressions. Yeah, what about the scientific I, ping pong balls? We need to, oh, we need yeah, to, the, we need I to love, get the data. Well, I, was, 
I was calling them science marbles, special sure. science marbles. Um, I did really love, I, first of all, I almost gave up on it a few minutes in because I thought that they were going to suck a dog up into the sky in the opening <laughs> yeah. scene. And I, I was, thought of you, Kate, when uh, that scene was happening. I was, I was like, yeah, I was just rooting for Toby to get through. Um, spoiler for the first few minutes, he does. Um, Important to, to note this, like dog peril avoided. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. There is another beautiful angel dog further along and and he or she still, she also survives. Um, yeah, Father, Father Feral Father Feral was not avoided, which I, mean, I, I saw this in mm-hmm. cinema and I thought, holy shit, this is, this is pretty tough. See a dog flying off with, with the door. Yeah. Well, but then, do you know, interestingly, I think after the dad flies off with the door, there is actually a surprisingly low body count in terms of people being sucked up into the twisters. And that surprised me. I was like, I don't like scary movies and and this is okay because Twister is not something that's going to come to me in my home in London. (laughs) (laughs) So I was able to sleep at night after I watched this film. But I was expecting more deaths in every scene and especially because there was such a huge never-ending ensemble of vaguely recognisable 90s actors in like the cool weather marble fan club that <laughs> followed Helen Hunt around the desert or whatever. I'm expecting all of them to get bumped off and they all just hung around, even though they just chase storms for a living. It seemed mad. Ow! And the, I love the, the bad boy, <laughs> the bad boy of ch- the storm chasing world. Who was that handsome man from Princess Bride? He Harry stole Elvis. Bill Paxton's idea. Yes, and then but was punished for it. Yeah, you say about there not being a... a mm. There isn't as much of a body count as you might expect, but I think we can all agree, luckily, that man does perish in a he twister. He got it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. I felt a bit bad for his driver, who yeah, actually yeah, was impaled by a piece of, like, building or something. And he was actually the person you really got a kind of full face of his death. Yeah. And he was like basically an innocent bystander. He was just at work. Do you know what I mean? I love that death because it's like they're driving into a twister. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, look out! It's like, what do you mean, look out? <laughs> totally. <laughs> isn't, isn't that where you want to go? Isn't that where you... <laughs> oh, how good was the part where they drove through a house? There's a house in the way. Oh, so so good. <laughs> Up the stairs, through the bedroom. I think he shouts, I think we're going in. And then they go in. Oh. My favourite bit uh, is the bit, and this is on the topic of the great comedy of the film, my favourite bit is when uh, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt get caught in one of the many twisters that they are caught in during the film. And they are holding on to, like, this bridge or something and they, like, make it through. And then one of the guys runs up to them and goes, how was it? Because obviously they're all kind of perverts (laughs) about twisters and they're all, like, really turned on by it. And he's like, how was it? And she's like, windy. (laughs) Such a good line. I love the nonsense of this film because there's bits where they're just holding on. Not it doesn't, it doesn't look like particularly holding on for their dear life. They're just holding on to the post <laughs> and the car gets taken up. The car, yeah. car gets taken up, smashed down, bosh. And they're like, oh, okay. So um, <laughs> obviously the laws of science don't make any sense in this film. Fine. Um, marbles are too heavy, they're too light. Fine. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's one of those films you do have to take your brains out and... It was, I went, this is the second time I've seen it, and I saw it at the cinema the first time. I remember enjoying it loads. I remember thinking it was nonsense, even as a, whatever, 10-year-old, whenever it came out. But um, 
And then it's when it's when it's written by Michael Crichton who wrote. Yeah, I noticed Jurassic that. Park, like, I hadn't realised oh. until the credits came up when I rewatched yeah. it this week. I was like, and I'd been thinking this is really the same vibes of Jurassic Park, <laughs> and then it was like, oh yeah, it's written yeah. by Michael Crichton. So there you go. Yeah. I've never seen Jurassic Park because I consider it to be too frightening. But you've seen Twister. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a twi- like I was, I was, I know, but that's because I trusted the Twister to sort of elegantly or like not too gruesomely suck people into the sky, sort of like a like a vac a big vacuum, and I thought I could, I would be okay with that. My threshold for blood and stuff is very, very low. Like think sort of maybe a toddler, or a small child, like a sickly scared child, um, and I don't trust dinosaurs to do any elegant deaths. I think it would be, I don't trust dinosaurs, full stop. But I just think I, I feel it's too frightening. It's too scary to think about. Although, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum. He does make me want to watch it. And also the woman who's in it. Um, Laura Dern. Laura Dern, yeah. Laura Dern, I love her. And, and do you know what? Also, I think that Helen Hunt and Laura Dern, queer icons, whether they acknowledge that as characters um, or it's in canon or anything. There's something about their whole Strongly vibe, uh, their tank tops, their outfits, strong queer icons, and I Man. love it. Well, you should, I mean, digging into a bit more about Laura Dern, she, um, she played Ellen DeGeneres' girlfriend in um, yes. the oh. TV show Ellen, and then she got kind of blacklisted because she playing a gay character. Yeah, it didn't work for oh, like wow. a decade. I yeah. know about Ellen, but I didn't know that Laura good. Dern was caught up in that. Yeah, yeah. And that's obviously how non- nonsensical. And now she's getting the sort of celebration mm. she mm. deserves coming into the industry again and playing all these incredible high camp characters and people are here for it this time around and it's how it should be. Helen, Twister. So I thought I had seen this, but it appears I had not. I only knew knew very much of it and it, I just never got around to it. I mean, we've already talked a lot about it, but it is mad. Um I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of time for Michael Crichton, big ER fan. Jerry from ER is features in this. Um and I like his kind of like mad sciencey tech stuff. He was really, really into like tech, if you read any of his um other books or if you watch like Westworld. He's, he's got a very like strong interest, defined interest. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, flying cows, who doesn't love a f- <laughs> flying cow, sorry. And I had no idea that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in this. Um, yeah. Which, so it was a sad experience that watching it was, I just miss him. But also he looks like he's having a great time in it and everyone's having a great time in it. He's like a surfer. I've got a theory person. about his character in the film. I mean, not that this film should be overthought too much, but that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, he's so, he's like this, he's like really, ex- he's like an excited child about everything all the time. And he's like making jokes and being really silly and he's just like really over the top. But my theory is that his character represents internally what all of the scientists that are chasing the twisters mm. feel like all of them are acting on he's the inner he's the externalization of the inner child of all the other characters he's the inner science yeah no. he's what all of them have inside them but without the external shell of a grown-up i love that i think yeah. that's correct well, i mean it's always great in the film but this, this reminded me this is probably the first film i remember what well, I, I saw him in um, i thought previously it was a long came polly 
in which he's also like hilarious. He's probably he's the best thing in the Monkey Trial by far. So I echo what Hannah said. Like he was well, gone far too soon. Uh, mm. He would be making some fantastic films, I'm sure, going forward, um, both comedic and and super serious. I mean, Kate, you said about a, a cast of '90s characters. Alan Rooker's one that stuck in my mind as, as Cameron from Ferris um, Bueller. Who else? Oh yes. Who else are you thinking in there? Uh, uh, do you know what? He's the main one I recognised and was able to place, mm. mainly because I'd watched the first episode of Succession the night before. Um, and and I, I was still trying to work out where I knew the older version of him from. <laughs> so when he came up in this film, I was like, I've got it, Ferris Bueller. Um, I didn't reckon, I couldn't place any of the others, but I was astounded by how many very small cameos recognisable faces had. And they were all sort of blending into one because it was all just a lot of you know, geeky-looking white guys. And I loved that because it felt familiar even though I didn't, hadn't seen the film before. Yeah, but I loved that guy. And also, yeah, no, Ali, what were you going to say? Well, I was only going to say that I felt exactly the same, that, like, almost every actor in it was a face I recognised yeah. where I was like, oh, I know I've seen that person in loads of films, but most of them I couldn't tell you their name. And it's not because mm. I just don't, it's like I don't know their names. They're just actors that I've seen in loads of stuff. And it was so, actually like kind driver, of amazing. For example. Yeah, so, exactly. Like all of them yes. were people where you'd be like, oh yeah, I know, I know that actor from loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I have to um, limit the amount of times I can sort of pause to try and place an actor um, because, unfortunately, uh, this is going to be controversial for this audience, but my boyfriend doesn't really believe in watching movies. He thinks that, like, all of them are too long and it's just <laughs> one plot and, you know, he'd rather watch a TV show or, if we're honest, a, a probably a, a show about, you know, mushrooms or octopus or something. Um <laughs> So I really, <laughs> I really, no, he likes, you know, you facts both. and nature. He's just not really into fiction, which is a real friction point in our relationship. But, you know, in terms of the harmony of our household, I really have to ration the amount of um, pop culture trivia that I indulge in throughout the film. I also like to yell things at the screen when I realise that I've remembered someone from something and 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 say, is he going to die? Is he going to die? Is he going to die? All through. So I really have to sort of tone down my, my reactions like that. So I did not stop and try to work out where all the 90s white tech dudes came from, but I was very pleased to see their little faces. <laughs> <laughs> I like to always Lois Smith as Aunt May. Aunt May. Meg? Meg, yeah, Meg. Aunt May is Spider-Man, isn't it? Jeremy Davis is in it as well. Saving Private Ryan. Lost. I think he's probably more well-known as. He was one of the He was the scientist in Lost. His Daniel something. Yeah, I think that was his name, Yeah, yeah. He was the one person where I was like, I do actually know that he was in Lost. But I don't know his name. I won't learn it. Could anyone tell me the actor who plays my favourite character and I took her to be a subplot, which I named in my head, Melissa has a very bad day. Um, the <laughs> yeah. woman who's trying to marry Bill Paxton. She looked vaguely <laughs> familiar as well and I loved her. She was great. Well, her name's Jamie Gertz. So oh, I, I, oh, is it Jamie, Jamie Gertz? Yeah, Mamie, without the E on the I'll end. I'll be calling her Jamie. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought when she, that that scene where she was trying to conduct a reproductive therapy session 
in the back of a car <laughs> as they were driving towards a twister and she didn't really understand. She also thought that chasing storms was a metaphor. <laughs> um, I just thought that was outstanding comedic writing and acting. I loved her very much, but she did she, have a very bad day. <laughs> she did have a very bad day. And it, it was kind of heartbreaking when she when they split up and she kind of said, we both knew it was going to work out anyway. So you kind of think, well, good, actually. And she said, and also she said, I'm not that upset. Yeah. Which is heartbreaking yeah. in, its, in itself, kind of, that she was going to get married to this man and she's not even that sad. Oh. I was going to say that I thought her character was, even though they're a very different character in terms of their personalities and stuff, but I felt that her character was the lawyer of Jurassic Park. Like, her, <laughs> like a person who... <laughs> Kate, you won't know this, but there's I this don't. lawyer character in Jurassic Park. <laughs> and they're the character who has did not realise what they were getting themselves into. <laughs> and that's yeah. their role, to be like this kind of bright-eyed person who like didn't realise the day they were going to have. Why, um, why, why is it called extreme? Why is, yeah, she, she, her eyes like, why are you called extreme? What's this massive yeah. statement yeah. here? Exactly. <laughs> it's actually a tornado. <laughs> yeah. I know. I found myself relating to her general sense of bafflement with the world. And like, I don't know what that says about me, but a car nearly lands on her from out of the tornado. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's got, she's good. She's got like, I don't know what the word is. Like, she's got like kind of backbone. You know, she 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 fully like confronts Helen Hunt in the uh, yep. diner. She's like, you're still in love with him, aren't you? And Helen Hunt. She can't even, she has no comeback. I thought, yeah, Melissa, <laughs> she's good. Yeah. She's going to be all right. You feel um, like she's going to be all right, don't you? Definitely. I'm very glad she survived. I would have been devastated if she got sucked yeah. up into the sky. Spoiler alert, but not like the lawyer. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that, I don't know if that's allowed or not, but I feel like if that's, people don't know what happens in Jurassic Park at this point, then. then yeah, exactly. Yeah. No offence, Kate. Oh, none taken. I'm happy to have it spoiled. I'm not going to watch it on account of the dinosaurs. Could, could you, like, not watch it with a buddy, like, and they I, could go, yeah, like, cover your eyes orange. now. And... Okay. If you can tell me when I need to dive behind a, a pillow. Okay. First five minutes is quite torturous, and then is it? a bit after that's quite good, and it's a bit more torturous. Um, <laughs> there is a little bit of gore. I mean, I mm-hmm. would consider it very low level, but mm. based on what you've said, Kate, I think you might <laughs> need a, PG, a warning for it? it. There is a bit of gore. It's, it's yeah. impending doom. It's There's impending a bit doom. of limbs getting torn off and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the stuff that I'm not into. But I, <laughs> the lawyer literally gets eaten. By a T Rex off the toilet. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, think, sorry. It's okay. It's Jurassic Park. I'm really like. The, the, the spoilers. Cut, cut me out. The embargo has expired. <laughs> Can I, I have a question? I wrote down the silliest exchange I think I've heard between two movie characters and I want to verify that it's real because I feel that if it is in fact actually in the movie um, and I didn't mishear it, then other people will know about it because I feel that when Helen and Bill, uh, I can't remember their character names, were in a hut full of knives, which is, Mm. you know, not a great place to be during a (laughs) twister. She said, who are these people? And he said, I don't think so. Yes, I think that exchange <laughs> did happen. And I was like, what so, is going on? So apparently uh, in the trivia, this film was not meant to be as child-friendly and there was quite a lot of swearing mm. and 
possibly references. So I think there's a lot of bits in it where there's some really bad dubbing, where there's like swearing really? and they've, really? they've dubbed it over or they've edited it slightly weirdly. So if, if you look into it, it that was originally meant that. to be a bit more adult and then something happened and it became more, they wanted to get the, the PG probably, yeah. And I wonder if there's something where there's been like, she's kind of says something Chucky a bit edit. like yeah. adulty and they, they edit it in there. Oh, I wish so I maybe you could like bit. watch that bit again and see if her lips mm. move differently because apparently yes. there's some bits and there's also apparently there was a scene that went out to um, some kind of audience somewhere where um, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman actually exposes himself through like a sh- leg of his shorts and um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> his character was a little bit on the edge of being accidentally, that guy. but it made it oh, made oh, it right. through. Okay, okay. Um, oh wow. wow. Yeah, with, with Melissa, I thought it's a bit been a bit too close to her at some point. So I was like, PSH. So yeah, the, I think the vibe going much. into it was very different to what actually ended up on screen. Which, uh, do you know what? I do actually feel, now that you've said that, like there were some saucier scenes missing because my alternative title for this film is Sexual Tension on a Windy Day um, <laughs> because I feel that they were able, like there's a part where he is putting on her seatbelt I don't know why, and it's I don't know how you can sensually put on a seatbelt, but he does, and I feel that maybe they had to do all these mundane acts sexily to get you know the um, the rating they wanted, um, and mm. perhaps you know the on the editing room floor are some much saucier, raunchier scenes between Helen and Bill. Perhaps I don't know. Well, should we head to the sports guys? I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song and Kobe from Flixwatcher and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the patented Flixwatcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places and we'll start with you, please, Arlie, with your recommendability. Well, it being one of my favourite films of all time, I would have to give it a five. Kate, first time watch. First time watch, I enjoyed it enough. And on the strength of Helen Hunt's tank top alone, I would say (laughs) 4.5. Helen? I mean, this film is mad. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually speechless. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, how would I explain it? What kind of, like, tick boxes would that person I'm speaking to need to have for me to go, this is your film? It's kind of unusual because there is, at one time, a lot of action and there's a lot going on. There's cows that go through a house. But then there's other bits where they're just chasing wind and... <laughs> <laughs> There's not much going on there. How dare you? How dare <laughs> so, I want more action. Um, 
and it's more, 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 more action, more. less less talky Or of a greater variety of action. Yeah, perhaps. maybe. They do Chase. make four separate attempts on the uh, science on the twisters. So. Yeah, it's a good job they built more of one of those Dorothy things. So it's 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 kind of like a weird. It's a it's, it's a very strange film. I think it's got lots of kind of value. Um, but probably isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea. So I'm going to go for a strong 3.5. I'm going to go five on this. Wow. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of it makes no sense. Um, like the, the physics makes no sense. Sometimes a car hubcap will fire someone at literally Mach 1 and just <laughs> raise them. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, make, make a little scratching for it. But then at the same time, car will be lifted up and smashed on the ground whilst two people are holding onto a bridge. And, you know, you, <laughs> and I think it also depends on the day you watch it as well as to whether you're going to enjoy it. Like Sunday is a good day for it. Sunday. Mm. Yeah. Recommend it on a Sunday. So I think, I think watch it, I would have no idea as to whether you're going to like it or not, but have, have a go. It's silly and it is mm. entertaining. So I mm. think when you find yourself in the mood for that, Twister's yeah. a good film to watch. Yeah. And also, like, I have a quite recent policy of just not watching anything that will disturb me enough to not sleep. And uh, this is very safe for that. It's not okay. distressing in any way. It's surprisingly wholesome. Yeah, I mean, you knew it, it was a box ticket thing. When they said there's four Dorothys, you knew they were going to use all four of them. Um, when she didn't sign the divorce paper at the start, it's like, oh, they're going to get back together. You know exactly where you are with this film. You know, Carrie Aldous is going to die. And you knew the bad guys were never going to do the thing properly because they're the bad guys. We're in safe, you're in safe pair of hands here, aren't you? With this, yeah. with this film, literally from the start. So, you know, it's great. Uh, repeat viewing score, Arlie. Well, I have repeat viewed it many times. I, I don't know if I should like temper my feelings. <laughs> try to take my childhood love out of it sure. or do you bet shall I just rate it based on my own go with your heart okay. go with your heart okay for me it is a five due to the fact that I have rewatched it endless numbers of times over my life <laughs> eight uh I having only watched it 24 hours ago but my level of enthusiasm for things I like is higher than the usual human being so already I'm going to give it a 3.8 because I really feel that on the strength of that that line about it being windy and also the sign the scene where where Melissa is conducting a therapy session in the backseat of a car I I could and also the insult he's a corporate kiss butt man um yeah I'd rewatch it for those three things alone Helen having only watched it fairly recently I'm not going to rush out and watch it again and it's quite long i think it could easily have been a sneaky 90 minute film um but that said there are some I like agree with that. classic lines i think i'm just trying to go back to one where they say oh that was it they're in the truck and, and they, they they say cow and joe says another cow and he goes actually i think that was the same one there's <laughs> Did that cow go like from left to right and then go from I right to left? I think that is the implication, yes. <laughs> no, there's just moments like that which you're like, well, you've got to go back, haven't you? Um, I'm not in a rush. I did get a lot from it. How likely am I going to go back? I'll, I'll go for a two just because it's it's very fresh and I don't, don't there would need to be quite a big gap, I think, for me to return. 
Yeah, I'm going to go for two as well. I will watch it again. Um, but this is no, like, Jurassic Park for me, where I'm thinking, shit, I'm not thinking Jurassic Park for people. Should I, should I put it on? But it's that kind of, it kind of fills up for you. For whatever reason, I can't get Jurassic Park. And Twister's there on the shelf <laughs> in, the, in a random Airbnb somewhere that doesn't Wi-Fi, so I can't get Netflix. So now, <laughs> yeah, I'll put Twister on. That's fine. It'll do, it'll, it'll do the job. Small screen score. I think that this film is not great. I would not recommend watching it on a phone. (laughs) Absolutely not. I actually, my main reason for thinking this is not a great small screen film is the sound. It is a very, very noisy film. Um, And I think the sensory, you know, combination of all the action that you're watching with actually the sound design of this film, which is very chaotic and noisy, I think it would be quite difficult to watch on a small screen. I, I do think this is much better suited to a bigger screen because of the sensory overload you kind of get. So I think I would rate it, I'll give it a two because if you had nowhere else to watch it, I would still recommend watching it. <laughs> but um, it, I don't think, for me, it's not the best on a small screen. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I in terms of sensory overload, I think it would be too much on a very big screen. I watched um, I watched a movie once about climbing Mount Everest on an IMAX screen, and it was way too much for me. Was, uh, that, film, was that film Everest? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> very difficult name to remember. I would recommend watching this on a medium-sized television, which is what I watched it on. <laughs> Just compromise. <laughs> Not, you wouldn't get the full effect of it on a small screen, certainly not a phone. I've never watched a film on a phone, but I, I think it would be too much on a cinema, to be frank, <laughs> in a cinema. So what's that score? Oh, then? yeah, I've got it. I always forget about numbers. Um, three? Ellen? I agree with you, Kate, on the medium-sized TV. I think that's that's a good size. I'm not sure whether some of the effects would hold up on a cinema screen these days. But I think the communal act of watching it with other people, I think if you're going to watch this, then watch it with at least one other person because it's it's more fun and you can all like laugh at it and go, this film's really weird. <laughs> yeah. And have This would be good in Pinch Charles. Yeah, I think watching Charles. it with people like Arlie who love it and it's their favourite film and I don't know, do they they could throw cows and get it like cows and throw them about, get some inflatable cows? I don't know. It's an idea. <laughs> Why, not? Great idea. Why not do it and get some hair dryers? And you just planned my next birthday party, thank <laughs> you. Put a lot, of, a, a lot of fans in the room. Um, so uh, I'm going to give it a four because I still think it's good on that medium-sized TV, but if there's an opportunity to watch it with a group of people or have your own Twister-themed birthday party cinema expedition, then, then do that. And do a drinking game where every time they refer to, quote, unquote, the science, <laughs> you have to take a shot. <laughs> well, I, love, I mean, I love it when they try to explain science. Have you ever seen an F4? What about an F5? <laughs> the finger of God. And they explain what the F, F means. In that. And my favourite my favorite line was the uh, when the twister comes down, it, it sucks itself back up. And it's like, oh, it's, it's all finished. Oh, no, 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 it's backfilling. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mm. it's one of those things where I think should I check this out to see if backfilling the tornadoes is really a thing but also I don't want to know know. (laughs) those are the real ratings for size of tornado I thought they would be yeah yeah Yeah. but that's maybe the only accurate thing about the film (laughs) there has to be some semblance of yeah F5 equals bad is probably accurate science but other than that 
<laughs> and I, I, I hope there's a documentary out there, something called The Real Twister, where we do see storm chasers and see you know, if they actually do follow storms and if these people are into it, storms that go, it's going left. <laughs> yeah, that's the best bit, is that there's a guy <laughs> that Bill Paxton just has the instinct. That he just knows where the storm is going to be. And that... That is what makes him a better scientist. <laughs> um, okay. Sideswiper. Take that road. Um, look at, and the CGI graphics, um, I, I think that's one of the reasons I went to cinema to watch it because you know, as, as a kid, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to see a flying cow on the screen. This is ridiculous. And I still think they, for the large part, because that's what they do in Jurassic Park as well, is they sparingly use the CGI and wherever yeah. it can do it, it's the real thing. And there's some parts where there's a, fly, there's a flying lorry in the air, it's flying, when it lands, it's like a real lorry, you can tell. And I think it broadly holds up. Holds up. Um, the twisters would be done a lot better now, I think. But yeah, I, I think it's good. I'd like to see it sort of pinch stars, but also, also I think at home on my medium-sized TV, it's good. So that's going to be a skipper score. Engagement score, Ali. I... We'll admit to looking at my phone a little bit while I was watching it, um, re-watching it this week, because, and obviously I say this with love, I love this film so much, it is a little bit repetitive, just the number of times that they go <laughs> chasing different tornadoes to try to achieve the science. I love um, how the tornadoes split at one point as well. Yeah, oh, oh and then they say, <laughs> there's sisters. There's sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... One of those ones where it's really entertaining, but it's also quite low stakes just as a film because it's so silly. And if you look at your phone and you look back, exactly the same thing is happening as when you picked up your phone to have a little <laughs> scroll on Instagram. So I think I will give it, and this isn't to take away from how entertaining it is, like a three maybe for engagement because I think you won't lose much to be honest, by having mm. a cheeky look at your phone while you are watching it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at my phone because I was making notes for the purpose of this podcast and they're next to me and I have written such things as why would people live in a place with so many tornadoes? Um, I mean, that's, that's generally what I feel about a lot of things. That's it, where it, it terrifies <laughs> me. It terrifies me that people exactly. do. I've also written enormous laptop because I thought that was a highlight. Um, but I do agree with Ali that, I mean, it, it is pretty repetitive and I did find myself, well, we were just, I mean, my boyfriend and I were watching it, we were just chatting about how funny it is without even bothering to press pause. Um, and as Helen said, it is like criminally long. I do think every film should have to be 90 minutes and under. Uh, so I think you can afford to wander out and get a, a snack, which I definitely did, you know, take your dog out for a wee, which I definitely did. Um, I would take, I would, I would give this rating, I would say, as a two. Helen? I'm going to give it a solid three. I mean, this is the first time I was watching it. So, um, I mean, I could kind of guess what was coming up, but I didn't know. So, um, but I did, I did kind of get sucked into the IMDb um, trivia on this because there's, there's a lot and um, there's kind of like loads of weird stuff about um, the filming and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, a solid three for engagement. Yeah, and good use of the word sucked in. I'm going to run down the middle or 2.5. I think this is one quite easily you're lying on the sofa. If you nap for five minutes then and woke up and think, no, I can't be 
I'll just carry on going with it. But kind of like, there's no need to go past back five minutes because, as I said, the repetitive nature, you know, if you've seen the first hurricane, then, you know, another two or three are going to come up soon. So it's, it's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. Um, that gives us an overall score of 3.39. Sorry, 3.39375. That's um, pretty solid. It's pretty solid. I thought it was going to be higher. Where did engagement score is where it let itself down? Recommendability was super high with 4.5 overall. Yeah, everyone watch it. They know it's going to be, you know, a stocky film. Uh, let's head to Twitter, guys. And to everyone who's listening, if this is your first time or if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, do follow us. We are at FlixWatcherPod. Um, one of the main reasons to follow us is because we put a shout-out before the recording asking for your opinion with a tweet like this. We're reviewing Twister with Arlie Anderton and Kate I. Lever from Who's a Good Dog. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and a score out of five stars from on their shout-out on Twitter. Um, Arlie, do you want to pick a review? Yeah, so I've got um, Stephen Lockridge who described the film as batshit insane, no real mm. plot, but a lot of fun and always nice to see a young Philip Seymour Hoffman and he gave it three tornado emojis. I saw that before. I mean, I can never age Philip Seymour Hoffman. I have no idea how old he is then. It's true. Um, yeah. That's true. That's Pluto, Pluto Haven speaking looks the same age to me. Because he's always a bit chubby and dishevelled and, you know. Yeah. But I think it was a great PSH performance. Kate, do you want to say that's one? Yeah, so I have got Lee Thomas, who says, a decent Sunday afternoon film. Some mm. of the effects don't hold up, but who's bothered about that when you've got Hunt, Paxton, PSH, and the Dread Pirate Roberts chasing tornadoes? And he's also employed an emoji rating system. This time it is <laughs> three flying cows for one of the most 90s movies ever made. It Which, is very 90s. Fair. Yes. Yeah. The fashion, the sunglasses, incredible. <laughs> the hair. Lee. Lee Thomas is a frequent contributor. Thank you very much for all the times you've given us your thoughts on the film. It's always a pleasure. So, Arlie and Kate, can you sign off by letting everyone know where we can find you online and say goodbye to the listeners? Yes, uh, thanks for having <laughs> us, guys. This was very fun. Um, I am at Arlie Adlington on Twitter or my website is arlie.me um, where you can find all my different audio work that I do. And I'm Kate Lever. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, Kate I Lever. The I stands for Imogen, which makes my initials K-I-L. And some of my work is on katelever.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you very much, guys, for joining. It's been a pleasure to relive the most nicest film in the world ever. (laughs) Thanks for coming (laughs) on. Thanks for having us. Cheers. (laughs) Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R O K K Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production